we are here today. I could not be more excited. Uh, actually, when I was getting ready, this is what I was singing. I was singing, all the Backstreet Ladies, all the Backstreet Ladies, <laughs> which doesn't sound good at all. So we are being reunited today with Jen Souza and Carly Brusher because we usually see these people all the time and the pandemic has kept us apart. But with the power of Zoom, we are here to have a party. That's right. Yeah. And it's uh, the 28th Backstreet Boys anniversary, which is obviously perfect for this. So so obviously we're going to talk about the Backstreet Boys. Uh, Jen and Carly, they are managers at, and Carly's day-to-day management at Patriot Management. And they work with a plethora of artists, including the Backstreet Boys. So Jen is the Backstreet Boys number one head honcho, the girl boss, queen bee, manager of the century oh please thank you <laughs> but it's true i'm just i'm just the glorified mom that's what i am of five teenage boys but you know i mean let's talk about this because we talk cassie and i talk a lot about one the misogyny of the music industry there's that let's put that aside we also talk about how that aside it is also oftentimes hard to work for other women in power because Cassie and I have very, you know, kind of powerful personalities and we're loud and we're outspoken and we have ideas. And, you know, it's like you come up against other women where you shouldn't be coming up against them at all. You should be working with them. But it happens very often where people with those similar type of personalities don't like each other because they're threatened by each other. So Mm -hmm. Cassie and I are not threatened by other women like that. And I'm so glad that you are not either. Because honestly, Jen, like, you gave us the chance of a lifetime, you know, like you gave us the dream job that we wanted and, you know, have allowed us to do it for almost 10 years now. So first of all, thank you. Like seriously, sincerely. I should be thanking you guys because you guys are a plethora of knowledge and I hit you guys up all the time. Like, uh, what can we do with this? Or (laughs) what anniversary is coming up? Or what? I I, I don't, even if I did know, I have the world's worst memory. So I don't remember anything. So thank God for my two encyclopedias. And I love reaching out to you guys and just, you guys teach me so much and you have helped me and Carly and just the boys do so many fun fan activations and things like that. I wouldn't be able to come up with most of these ideas without tapping into the well. It's an amazing fit with us, you know, and it's like, but at the same time, like you let us interact with them, be with them, travel with them. Like there isn't this barrier. And the thing is like, you find that a lot in music. Like people are so sometimes weird about like, you know, they're artists and this and that. And it's like, even if you were like that, I'd still be around doing the thing. Cause I love the Backstreet Boys and we love you guys, but you just like, you truly are one of honestly the few projects and it just, you just happen to be with the Backstreet Boys, but like, it's one of the few projects ever in our history, like I'd say maybe, maybe 10 to 25% of our projects are like, you can dig in as far as you want. Your opinion is honored here. You are respected. Um, You know, we're here because, you know, we want you here to do the job. So just, (laughs) you know, and it's like, I mean, that's what I learned. You have to lean on the people that do the know the job and I'm not I'm Mm -hmm. not a Backstreet Boy encyclopedia I'm not a digital media maven you know I I know my strengths and I that's why you have a team right you have a team of people that have strengths in specific areas and the other thing with me and just the way I've worked on all my products I've been very very lucky that I've never really worked with an artist that had that persona where they don't want to talk to people and they want to be okay I, I lied maybe a couple but the majority <laughs> of the of the artists that I've worked with have been just such down-to-earth easygoing clients that it just feels like a family and as the you know as the manager I try to create that vibe on yeah. on the team and on the road and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make it feel dude work our job is so awesome. Like, I don't want it to feel like work. I want it to feel like we're having a good time because that is what breeds like creativity and excitement 100%. and all of that. Like, I could 100%. honestly just like go back to Vegas just so we could have after parties and like hang out. Oh my God. <laughs> Minus the show, you know? Yes. yes. Can I go to bed earlier? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, can we move the after? 
after parties up to like maybe 7 p.m. Yeah, we, maybe we, we maybe we should start the party during the show <laughs> when when the boys have something to do, and then you know that's we'll the best when we go to Japan and Japan yeah. shows are like at five or six o'clock. Ooh, really? Know that. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, and start a amazing. lot earlier. Oh my god. And then you just go to dinner after the show. Or go get a massage, huh. like I did. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I've never been to a show in Japan. Now we you know. You have to come. It's fun. Yeah, you know? and, I, and it's really quiet, Jade. I don't know if oh, you'll so yeah. do well there. Me and Cassie have this like dream scenario where we're kind of like running a meet and greet in a country with you know, maybe it's Japan, but like people that are like mainly shorter and quieter than us. And I we're like, okay, doing. come here, do this. <laughs> like, I can just see the fans. I'm telling you in Japan, you hear every lyric, every word that comes out of the boy's mouth because they will not scream or make noise while the boys are singing and they wait Did, until the end. Is there a culture of drinking at shows in Japan? I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever walked around the venue to see if they're drinking. I'm drinking. So, but so when- I did a few or I just did one show in Japan with the boys um, because we had two Tokyo shows that got canceled Mm -hmm. because of the typhoon. But from that one show, I don't remember there being much drinking. But yeah, like Jen was saying. Maybe that's why it's not rowdy. Maybe. Well, it's just interesting (laughs) because like, you know, the Backstreet Boys fans have grown up and and (laughs) become of drinking age. So, you know, you go back to seeing, you know, the Millennium Tour and the only people drinking were the dads who begrudgingly took their children to see (laughs) the Backstreet Boys. And now all the ladies are, it is a shit show. Like they the audience, showed us that. I mean, it is a shit show. Like everyone's <laughs> drinking, everyone's partying. It feels a little like a strip club. You can kind of yell whatever you want. Yes. You know, it's uh, it's, it's a good time. It it formed, it, it grew, it aged well. The experience it aged. Really well. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I I yeah. agree. I just feel like the experience has grown up with the boys, and where where the boys are now in their life, the fans are kind of following along. So yeah. their moms, they're you know they they have yep. kids, they want to have their mom night out, and when the boys are on stage, that's their moment. You know, at yeah. home, their dads and their they have honey do lists, and they're being told to go <laughs> clean the garage. So they have that moment on the stage to be the sexy hunks that yep. they know. We're they all are. kind of like living like the highlights of our life together every day. Yes, exactly, you know? I love that. Like, I yep. love that. So, you know, I wanna talk about where you guys started. I know you both have two obviously separate stories and you come mm-hmm. together at some point. So I don't know who wants to go first, but I wanna hear your stories. Like most people who are listening to this podcast, they are young people that want to mm-hmm. get into or just started to get into the music industry. So I wanna hear the early stories. Where was the passion? Where was the, hey parents, I'm gonna go travel the world with, you know, a rock band or a boy band yeah. or a rapper or whatever. How did that happen with each of you guys? And how did you get to today? It, it took a long time for my mom to even understand what I did for a living. <laughs> to her, this is just like, not, she did not get this. She thought I worked at Tower Records forever. And I was like, mom, I don't understand. I had to explain this, but I was just a, a typical girl from the Bay Area who loved music. I loved dance music at that time. Used to call it high energy. Now, but for real, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Like, I know you uh-huh. weren't like a big Backstreet Boys fan like us, but like, did you no. ever like buy a Backstreet Boys CD? Was that a thing? Or I did. Just, no. I did. I was. Did? I was in college. Okay. Yeah. So I was. I was a New Kids on the Block fan, as we all yes. here know. And I was graduating college when the Backstreet Boys start. Well, I was in college when the Backstreet Boys became, you know, a thing. Ninety nine, yeah. the peak. Yeah. Um, and I definitely listened to Backstreet and NSYNC and Britney. I think I probably listened to more in sync and I think the boys get mad when I say that, but now I can't even, I get mad at myself. Why would I listen to that? But um, I definitely was, um, I was a pop girl all through high school and all through college. So we have our favorites, but like in sync made some damn good music. They made some hits and you, and, and the dancing, you can't take the dancing Yeah. And so we actually did on our boy band show, we did a, a, it's gonna be May (laughs) playlist last week for the 30th. And like, it was just all songs that hit and they hit and they were so good. They hit. Hey, wasn't there a meme playoff of it's going to be May with, Yes, as was long it? as you love May. Oh, that's right. Not, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it just didn't work, but I'm still going to post yeah, it. I still post first. it every year. Me too. Obviously. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I mean, so I was just like anybody that's probably listening to the podcast. I was at home listening to CDs and, and cassettes. First it was cassettes, then yes. I was listening to CDs. 
And I was always interested in the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, went on. I, just to me, it was really interesting how the CD got put together, like the artwork and that. I used to read all the liner notes. Yes, I know too. everyone talks about that, but I'd read the liner notes. And I remember always reading about Wendy Diplock and the, how she did international. And I was like, international sounds fun. You get to travel internationally. That's what I want to do. So I would just like take it all in. And then um, I moved to LA to go to college. I went to Loyola Marymount. And while I was here, I got an internship at MCA Records that doesn't exist anymore in the publicity department and I hated it. I thought I thought publicity would be something that I would be into. I knew, I knew international something I was into. I just didn't know. So yeah, the best advice I give people is to try, especially when you're in, in high school and college, try a little bit of everything. Try it all. Where you, and the thing is, where you I fit. think too, I know me and I, and I feel like I've heard this a lot. I think the terms like marketing, publicity, advertising, they all kind of sound the same and you don't completely mm -hmm. understand what they all do until you before you it. kind of see it, you know? 100%. Right. You really don't know. So I did that for a little while, but I always, probably one of my favorite, so I have a very similar story to you guys. Probably one of my favorite artists at that point was Enrique Iglesias. I loved him, loved him as a Latin singer. Then when he did his whole American vibe, I was really, really excited. And so I thought, hey, let me try out for an internship at Interscope, that was his label. And sometimes it's all about luck. And I sent yeah. my, my resume and just the guy that was going through the resumes was a San Jose native. I went to an all girl high school. He went to the all boy high school, our, our, our brother's mm -hmm. school. And he was like, I don't even need to have you come in. You're hired. Just come in and, and we'll do this. And I came in to work in the promotions department, radio promotions. And I just got really lucky that I got put on the Enrique team. And I was doing a lot of stuff for Enrique on the label side, but I knew that I didn't like radio promotion. I just, yeah. it wasn't something that I was really feeling. And someone at the label goes, hey, Enrique just signed with this new management company called The Firm. You know, they're this big powerhouse, they're young, hip, blah, blah, blah. You should try to get a, you should try to go see if you like it over there. Sent a resume and they got me in as, um, as an intern. And I interned there my last semester of school. And then I just was really fortunate that when I graduated, the CEO of the company was in dire need of an assistant and I ended up being his assistant and he managed everybody from, this is the nineties, you know, so it was like Limp Bizkit, Corn. Yeah, we're going to need to talk paint. about that specifically. Um, <laughs> All yeah, those people. And do I you just, know how much Cassie and I hate Corn? No. Why? Because Corn was like the only band that could beat the Backstreet Boys on TRL. <laughs> Yes. Oh my I God. <laughs> I do know that. That's funny. And like one day I told the story recently. It might've been on the show. One day I was with AJ and he was like, yeah, I was hanging out with Jonathan Davis. And I was like, mm -hmm. we hate corn. <laughs> no, Jonathan oh is the best. <laughs> He's probably really <laughs> nice, but 13 year old me really yeah. hates corn. We're pissed. I saw with the bullet. Year old year. No. Oh, no. that bullet. Oh, I, that like, that like raises blood pressure. Thing yeah. Still to this day. Yeah. Very oh angry. my God. Very angry that. with corn. So, yeah, you know, just, just wanted to talk about that. Cause I, it's just like, it's like, oh, you, it's like, that's even worse to me than like. I worked work for the, the, the rival. Is it worse than you <laughs> Did you guys know that corn and the Bachelor Boys were rivals? Cause they I, did. I, didn't. I did not. <laughs> I, I learned something new every day. <laughs> But yeah, I, I did know that. So yeah, so I just, I ended up, you know, being at the firm and I, I'm one of those people that ended up staying at a company for 14 years, which is kind of unheard of in, yeah. in the music industry. Well, I also think it's kind of unheard of generationally Gener now. Like I don't think it was as big of a deal. Yeah, because yeah. even like, you know, like I always stayed places for a long time and it's just now, I don't want to say if I say, I don't know if I want to say this out loud in public, but like, I'm like, you think you could stay two years? Like, no. like these young kids, I mean, they just- Oh, well, that's the, that's what's so great about having Carly because Carly is a completely different generation. Oh, than, thank and God. I remember being Carly. I remember being at the firm and I was Carly's age, being at the firm and having girls in their forties uh, and ladies, respectable ladies in their forties. And I would talk to them and I thought they were so cool. And I, I thought they were, you know, I thought they were young. No one had kids though. I will say that at mm. the firm, no one had kids. It was like women did not have kids back then mm. if you were in the music industry. I think it's a little different now. Well, I think it's more mm. accepted now that like you're, a, I hate to say it loud, but like, you know, like people are more accepting of like having a career and a family mm -hmm. and not like killing yourself one way or the other and saying, you can uh, right. yeah, but I think you still do kill yourself as oh, a working I, mom and, and juggling it. Yeah. There's a, a lot of, uh, 
small deaths that happen on a daily yes. basis. And you have two right. children, so you I have, have a lot to juggle, obviously. Five teenagers, yes. Yeah. But, but I'm glad you're doing it because I think it's yeah. important for people to see that happening. Totally. You know, like, I, I, it's I an mean, influence I for me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Carly, I mean, like, seriously, this? though, Jen, like, like seeing you raise your children is something I, I think that. about a lot because. I don't have children yet and I don't have children because I got caught up in my career uh-huh. and I want them mm-hmm. so bad, but also I don't necessarily want to go find a man and get married. Like, I don't know what you I want, but that. I want children, but like yeah, seeing, seeing people like you and other people in the music industry that are women that are very successful, very on their game and also being great moms. It's so inspiring to know that like, I one day can do that, you know, of course, anybody could do it. It's just, it's a little bit of a juggle, but it's the most fulfilling and rewarding thing. And having like, Carly was there I think maybe you guys are there I brought the kids to the Vegas residency and having my son sit there in the front row and see Nick come by and high five him it makes everything all the sacrifices and everything that you do being away from your kids and missing events and stuff it makes it worth it because I mean my nephew is basically my kid and so I brought him and oh my god it was so cute Carly came by I'm like this is Ben she's like I know I saw him on Instagram celebrity he is a celebrity but it was so cute I got him like a Backstreet Boys he wore this Backstreet Boys bucket hat that I bought from Sears in like 1999 he thought it was because bucket hats are back in now yes um, they are and just I it was funny because I was like I didn't even watch the show I watched him watch the show which but is a first for me to like best. not watch yes, the Backstreet Boys. Like, that, that was the first thing in my life that took my attention away from the Backstreet Boys you yeah, know it was it was that. just magical and beautiful and I was like my DNA is watching the DNA, DNA. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so yeah that's so, a hot it is dog a great, we're well, okay so but go on though so like after the firm the next well, I mean, yeah something I was at the firm for a while and I started working I worked with Enrique for quite a long time Kelly Clarkson for a good chunk of time Corn, audio slave um speaking then, of, it is 420 which is also the back anniversary you yes. worked with Snoop Dogg I worked with Snoop he's how cool penis. is that very cool he, peanut yes Aww, yes peanut. I'm sorry did you he's call all, Snoop Dogg he's peanut awesome. no he called me peanut oh okay. I am because I'm tiny <laughs> Did I call Snoop Peanut? Sure, I'll call him Peanut. I love it. Okay, so you did that. And then you followed the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, so the boys and I started working together in 2007. And I was pregnant with my second, with my daughter, Layla, in 2015. And it was a little overwhelming, the company that I was at at the moment. There was lots going on. I wasn't really... I wasn't having a great pregnancy. So I decided to take a little bit of a break. Um, Once I took the break, the boys decided to leave the company because I wasn't, I wasn't there Mm -hmm. and that was their person. And they ended up moving to where Carly and I are now to Mm -hmm. Patriot management. And I ended up, they called for me to follow. And I of course followed. I remember when you told us you were pregnant because you, we were on the cruise and we had just boarded the cruise and you're, and you were like, nobody knows yet but I'm pregnant so I can't drink and I have to I go know, tell I everybody I had to tell everybody right away because everyone would know something was wrong yes. Yes. Was <laughs> that so, when yeah. you dressed like a loofah yes it was, yeah. it was like a loofah. Oh perfect perfect outfit. It was the perfect costume for the perfect pregnant costume Kelly. perfect costume Carly what's your story where did you I don't know here's the thing I know some of Jen stories we've had these conversations but like I don't know if I really know your story like I remember the first time I met you it was oh, like it was it was almost like exactly four years ago it was like right before the Vegas residency started but like we were on site and I came downstairs and cast and I was like well I have a laminate yet she's like oh ask Carly Carly can hook you up and I'm like Carly (laughs) who's Carly (laughs) who's Carly Carly the queen of the laminates I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> made it made it seem like I was I did but that's um, that's key Carly always make it seem like you know what you're doing and then you oh did. I thought you knew what you were doing you exactly. here, you knew what she you were did. doing you had access to the thing we wanted access to yeah I have I have access to the laminate yeah so I kind of just grew up like always listening to the radio getting ready for school I listen to Z100 every morning um I'm from upstate New York Westchester, New York, um, and just always had a love for music. Uh, I remember going to my first like GA concert when I was like 15, and it was uh, Cobra Starship, We the Kings, The Cab, and maybe like one or two other bands. Was that like the and AP was- tour? No, it was the really, really ridiculously good-looking tour. Ah, it was in 2007. Yeah, Fangs Up, baby. My dad, my dad still will like call me and be like, Fangs Up. <laughs> okay buddy 
or like he'll send me a picture of him trying to do fan. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. He, he loves Corporation. Jen's like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> I know of, have never been. <laughs> yeah, but I like, I remember being at that concert and I was probably like 15. No, I was 14, 15 at the time. And I remember thinking like, how did this all happen? Like, how did we get here? How did the band get here? How did the equipment get on stage? Like, this is like, there's a process to this. Like, what, what's the deal? Yeah. Um, so that kind of like sparked my, I guess, deep dive into what the music industry was and like that there was actually jobs in that. And I kind of just like continued my love for music throughout like middle school and high school. And, you know, I wanted to be a tour manager. I thought that was the coolest job in the world. You get to travel the world and, you know, be with bands. Like that's the coolest thing ever. Right. Um, I was so obsessed with Warp Tour. I wanted to be on Warp Tour so bad. I was obsessed with Paramore, but like I was always at sleepaway camp when Par when a uh, Warp Tour was in town. So I never really got to go until I was like 18. But anyway, yeah, I kind of, you know, loved music, whatever, whatever. Then as you know, the college search started. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Wait, then I realized, do you know that we talked about you on an episode like two weeks ago? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She texted me. She's like, I name dropped you, by the way. Like, you, well, no, you're here's never the, name dropping. We were talking about the Backstreet Boys and then she's like, but do you know Carly? And, like, yeah. and, and that was like, that like legitimized us. You know? <laughs> I love that. Gabs is amazing. She's like a mentor to so many women in the industry and especially, um, you know, kids in the Bandier program, which is where I ultimately ended up going to college. For those who don't know, the Bandier program is a music business program out of Syracuse University and um, kind of started by Marty Bandier, who used to run Sony ATV. So yeah, yeah, I know Gabs through Bandier. And then like you all went to college with the Chainsmokers too? Yeah, I mean, so I actually never, I was never in college with Gabs, but she was a figure. She had graduated by the time I got, got it. it. But she was like a figure, like she was always an alumni who would like talk to kids who like didn't know what they wanted to do yeah. or like wanted to shoot ideas off of and she yeah. like, even still, like, I'm like, Gabs, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. What do I do? And she's like, Carly, you got this, like, whatever. Yeah, so Gabs is the best. In the Bandier program, you're required to do, like, a bunch of internships. And I have some internships. Um, actually, prior to college, I, I did a PR internship kind of after school, during high school. I'd, like, take the train into the city um, and work at a PR firm called High Rise PR in Brooklyn. And then kind of once I was in college, I had a couple internships, freshman and sophomore year of college or the summers after each freshman and sophomore year of college. And then, as I mentioned, like I'd always wanted to be on Warp Tour. And like, that was like, kind of just like a goal that I never really like lost sight of. Mm -hmm. And I went to CMJ, RIP in New York. Yes, RIP. Um, I love CMJ. Do you know when Cassie was like a college rep, she won a contest because she was like the best college rep in the nation <gasps> to go to CMJ. Oh yeah. my God. It and was she was awesome. freaking out. She's like, I get to stay at the Dream Hotel and they put fruit on your pillow. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. I love that. But yeah, so I went to CMJ. I met this guy, Randy Nichols, who manages Under Oath and a number of other bands and kind of like the Warp Tour space. And we we stayed in touch, kind of talked about I, I let him know that you know Warp Tour was like a goal and kind of what I was interested in in the industry in general. And like I said, we stayed in touch. I ended up doing the the market research for Warp Tour mm -hmm. on tour for two summers and Basically, Wait, what, what does that, that mean? Yeah. So basically what that entails is like you kind of run a volunteer program and you mm -hmm. get volunteers to kind of help you collect data mm. from people like in line before the show and during mm. the day at the show. And you, you gather like various metrics on just like the demographic. So got to do that. And that was a dream. It was amazing. What um, year were you on Warped Her? Like who were like the acts 20, and stuff? 2014, 2015. We had Metro Station. Met, do you know, um, do you know that Cassie was in a Metro Station tribute band? No way. Cassie's face, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of exaggeration, Jade. I mean, it, it was actually only online and it never happened, but there are photos. <laughs> 
and a concept. I like pretended to be in a metro station. It was called Shake Shake It. <laughs> and a MySpace page. It was great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Wait, there I had love, to I be other it. artists on that tour besides Metro Station. Yeah, it was like, uh, <laughs> like Falling in Reverse, The Story So Far, Citizen. Like by the time I was on Warp Tour, I wasn't yeah. super into the Warp Tour bands anymore. It was just yeah. like, I became obs- like, I had to reach that goal, like no matter yeah. what. Yeah. So yeah, did Warp Tour for two years. It was amazing. And then my senior year of college, I did like a semester in LA and I ended up interning at uh, what was then Maverick, now Patriot. We're on the FIFA team. Oh wait, and so you just, were an intern first. Yeah. Were you Jen's intern? I was the company's intern. I was oh, so the you were intern. everyone's intern. That sounds like yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, like, I, was, I, I took her. Ah. Like, <laughs> So yeah. Jen and and one of the other managers, Amy, who's no yeah. longer with the company, she she did uh, Soundgarden and all the Chris Cornell stuff. Amazing. Kind of just took me under their wings. I would just try and find ways to like be in the same room as them. I'd be like, oh, do you need your office cleaned? And like, <laughs> not like cleaned, like sweep, but like I would go through their credenza okay, and like first pull all, everything out. I have never had an intern offer to clean my she office. The so best. My expectations are now raised. <laughs> Oh yeah, she no, was I was best. like, pull everything out, organize everything. But yeah, so intern there, went back, finished college. And then as I was driving home from graduation, I get a call from Dana at our company. And she was like, please don't work for us. And the rest is history. Uh, that's, why yeah, that's why you clean offices. That's why you do the damn thing. That's why you clean offices. Just yeah. literally do, do the bitchiest of bitch work. Yes. Don't wait till Whatever you're you gotta do. do. Find, find problems and then you get to clean up problems that actually matter and yes. things that actually matter. Like, I don't know. Yeah, was, I just feel was, like that's such a good perspective because I feel like so many people think about like, well, that's not my job. No. Like that's, that's the ad. And it's like your job is whatever you find to do to help somebody. Right. So I think that's a really good attitude yeah. to have. And making an impression and feeling like you want to be like, if, we all saw her enthusiasm and what she, you know, she wanted to be there and she wanted to do whatever it took to, you know, be involved in any project. And you, you, you know, you feel that vibe off of people, you know, she wasn't standoffish or this is what I'm not here to do that. Or I have to leave now. Like she gave her all and that's what, you know, everyone's looking for. Yeah. Team player. So how did that go into getting like assigned on the backstreet project? So I was hired to be a, assistant to all the day-to-day managers. So kind of just like intern with a assistant title, um, basically continuing the duties that I was <laughs> doing, but actually had like kind of more of a clearance as far as yeah. like knowing what was going on. Yeah. So kind of just like doing whatever the different day-to-days and managers needed. And, you know, when I first started Temple of the Dog was super busy. So I was kind of focused on that. And then uh, Backstreet Boys was starting their residency and now Carly oh, I know you were not a Backstreet Boys fan so I, when they started I, talking about this did you start like dodging people <laughs> no because I, I was like I knew who the Backstreet Boys were and like I was a fan like when I was younger but yeah. not to the point of like oh my god it's Nick oh my are you god, making fun of me it. are you no, making fun I, of me you feel attacked <laughs> Not to the point of you, you all. No, yeah, I like I wasn't freaking out. I thought I remember the first time I met AJ though when we were in storage. Like Jen and I went to go clean out one of the storage units with fabulous Silas, who's like super pregnant. (laughs) And Jen was like, "Yeah, I think AJ is going to come pick up a pool table." And I was like, "AJ's coming? Oh my god!" Okay, I was so nervous. And then I met him. I was like, "Okay, like you're cool, great." That's the best Um, one to meet. Yeah. And like, just as, you know, Backstreet was getting busy gearing up for the residency, Jen pulled me in quite a bit, which I'm eternally grateful for. And like, I just helped out where I could. And eventually it, yeah, eventually it turned into like, okay, we need you in Vegas, like every weekend. Okay. uh, Can you like run this project? Can you do this? Can you do that? And eventually like, I couldn't help with any of the other managers. I was Backstreet <laughs> was so busy. Backstreet was so we busy. We needed you. Like, I mean, you. I needed her. It was yeah. the residency, putting the residency Everyone needed together you. was- Everyone who enjoyed the residency needed yes. Carly there. <laughs> yeah, and being a, you know, a working mom too, I couldn't travel as much as I used to travel, like back in the day. Oh my gosh, such a working mom. Months, like I remember like 
you'd go into your office and you had diapers piled up. <laughs> like, yeah, you want for me. Oh, yeah, I clean those out. I clean those out <laughs> when I do my turn. What do you want for so me? Jen, go home in. with these. Take these home. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, love love <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank God for Carly. She was able to be out there when I physically couldn't be there. There was a yeah. They had a they had a chick there telling them what to do, and that's yes. how the Backstreet Boys survived. It was women telling them what to do. Well, and look, I think I think it should be said. It's so cool that the Backstreet Boys have so many women on their team. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I love it. It's and I so want cool. It any like. Other way. I mean, honestly, I can't think of another team that has as many women as they do, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, they're, other than Ron and obviously crew people and stuff, yeah. it's mostly women. Yeah. They trust and they entrust us with making really impactful and important decisions for their career because mm-hmm. I think for them, they, they're great. They're all married. They're all dads. And they, they understand what their demographic is and who they're, they're serving. Um, and they know that it's invaluable to have people around them that understand that. And I think it's great that they are one of the only bands out there that have like 90% of their team is female. Is, is yeah, I, female. I can't think of, and I've worked with hundred, literally hundreds of teams. I can't think of another team that has this high of a ratio of women, Yeah, especially with like a superstar act. Yeah. It's amazing. And you know, you know, I remember like, you know, I was always for the first few years, obviously I was a little nervous around the Backstreet Boys, like a lot nervous at first because they're the Backstreet Boys who I never thought I'd even meet in a meet and greet, you know? But I remember, you know, I think I was always just kind of like, oh, I'm just here, I'm just gonna be quiet. And, and then one day we were on the island during the cruise and I'm just, first of all, I can't believe I'm about to say this sentence because I never thought this sentence would come out of my mouth thinking of like my childhood, but I was sitting in a bathing suit eating a hot dog. Yeah, sounds <laughs> like a perfect of, day. In front of AJ, and this is before I knew AJ very well and I was kind of nervous and I'm like, okay. And there were some other people sitting there that were guests of someone else. And we're just all kind of talking. And one of these guests says, oh, like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I just like, well, you take some pictures and put them on Twitter. And AJ's like, no, you're a badass and you're the best <laughs> at what you do. And it was just like such an empowering moment to be like, wow like a dream client I wanted to work for thinks I'm good at what I do like it was such a Mm -hmm. moment like he didn't have to say that of course you know but it was but but they say stuff like that and like oh my god I love when like Howie will just thank everyone on stage and Mm -hmm. just there's Mm -hmm. I mean to be honest like there's you know talking about that culture of like actually thinking and and giving credit that's not even that prevalent with a lot of artists yeah no it's just not yeah. so no they are just you know I get, I get asked this all the time well like are the Backstreet Boys actually good people and I'm like I could not do this if they sucked there's no way yeah. right they're, it would be yeah they're very appreciative and I think for them it's like they've been doing this 28 years today yeah. and today there's not many bands or brands or things out there that can last that long like you yeah. have to understand I mean you guys understand you've been in the room there's five guys that have to make a decision if they're not ruled by a dictator they are a democracy carly and i spend most of our time trying to get them all on the same page it's probably the hardest part of our job it's the game of telephone or text like and voting yeah nick and we've all seen the the documentary yes and we all can see how heated it gets but that's (laughs) how it is in a family they don't hold it back and like jen was saying like they've been doing this for so long where like, you know, so many businesses haven't been businesses for that, like for 28 years, let alone a band who's been, you know, in the spotlight, under fire, through so much trauma and like ups and downs together. Like there's almost like an unspoken bond between them and just like level of respect when doing business. I can't really describe it, but it's a really interesting camp to be a part of because I Mm -hmm. haven't been a part of anything really like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to brag or anything, but I see a similarity in the way that me and Cassie work together. Because honestly, like we started with nothing, with no money, with no contacts when we were very young and like being two women that have like run a company together for 14 years. I think it's a very similar reason why when we're always like, how did, how does that work? And it's like, there's a respect, there's a respect. We don't make big decisions without each other. We don't spend large amounts of money without each other's, you know, you know, a conversation going on and just that mutual you know, understanding, it, it makes everything feasible, you know? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. 100%. I think that they're, they're just so happy that they're still in the game. I mean, top 10 tour of 2019 selling over a million tickets. Like it's, it's crazy that they're still be able to tour the world in front of arenas of 15,000 people. So because of that, they're super appreciative of their fans and the people that work hard for them. So it's great. Not to say that they're perfect little angels every day, but (laughs) so, you know, I'm sure you guys get this too. Like I often get people that'll say to me like, oh, the Backstreet Boys, they're still relevant. Well, like, yeah, they sold a million tickets on their last tour two years ago. They were nominated for a Grammy on that album. It went number one. That's a huge testament to the to the fan base of this band because totally. even without a ton of radio airplay and all, you know, all the other things, they still can accomplish those numbers and stay relevant and do this for a living. 100%. I mean, number totally. one album in 2019 in, in January, they were the fastest selling residency in Las Vegas. And But all that goes back to the testament of like the fans and then being there from the beginning. Yeah. Um, the boys super serving the fans all these years and including them in what, you know, what they're doing and making them feel like they are part of the Backstreet legacy, which they are. Yeah. So it all really goes back and them being hard workers and, you know, still going through it, even when, they, you know, when Kevin wasn't around and when they were doing smaller venues, they, they, they stuck it through because they believed in, you know, the fans and themselves and they knew Kevin would come back. We all did. We were all just waiting for the day. Can we all talk mm-hmm. about that moment? Because I'm still catching my breath. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> were you there? Yes, I was there. Staples Center, July of 2011. We're just watching the same. Actually, and it was actually the first date I had seen the NKOT BSB tour. Oh, wow. Because I was living in LA and I couldn't travel at that time because of a job I was working on. So it was my first show. And so I didn't, you know, first of all, I had already, let me ask you this. I don't remember. I feel like this was before. Do they play 10,000 Promises before I want it that way on that tour? Yes, I guess they so. Do. Okay. So <laughs> you're asking me that, Kathy, right away. Yes, they do. Jen, you like, have to understand, like, laminate. my <laughs> dream in life. <laughs> I know. I'm- like my back to was dream was to see them seeing 10,000 promises. And I, I literally know. thought I'd never, ever, ever, ever see it. And Cassie went to great lengths to make sure I didn't know this. No. Cause she I and our, she and our other friend. friends already seen the show. And like that, was, I was our, I mean, like that was a very loud, emotional, yeah. catching my breath, almost fainting moment. I'm recovering from that, I suppose. And then, and the thing is like when Kevin pops up, you don't know what's happening because you just start hearing screaming and you don't know where to look. Yeah. It's a very big stage. It goes to the middle of the arena and then you like realize, and then you're like, wait, am I realizing what I think I'm realizing? I or am I crazy and this isn't, ha- and it's happening. And then you have Kevin singing his his bridge and I want it that way. And it's, I'm getting chills right now. It's just like, oh, it was just, it was like one of the coolest freaking moments that I've ever seen in my life. It was great. And that was all Kevin's idea. Oh, thank you, Kevin. He's the one that said, Hey, what if That's I come out and do, because we, because you know, we just don't never knew what he'd be feeling comfortable to do. Yeah. And he let us yeah. know when he was comfortable and guess what? It came off as it should. It was an awesome, it was PSD incredible historical moment. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, look, the Backstreet Boys have given us some of like the best moments of our lives. What are some of the moments that you guys remember most? What the Backstreet Boys? With Backstreet? Yeah. Or anything. I <laughs> are there any moments? I don't know if I can like say. good moments, like good, like yes. what are the memories yes. you're gonna tell your grandkids? You know, like I mean, probably for me, the moment that I'll tell my grandkids will be the in a world like this tour. I was about to pop, and we were. It was the 20th anniversary, and we set up the star and the 20th anniversary party and all that, which was. I literally thought I was going to pop this baby out while I was doing all that, but I was just so excited about getting it done. And then I took the summer off to have the baby and and work from home. And then as soon as I was back on the road, I was able to go to Japan and Kevin had his baby too. Kevin had Maxwell at that time. And we both took our, they were a month apart. We both took our babies to Japan and we did the whole tour of Japan for three weeks with both little newborns in the wow. And it was so, it was just such like a memorable experience to have the boys like everywhere as little babies and traveling yeah. with us to all, you know, we were there for three weeks. It was an, that's something I'll always remember. Do you think like your kids and their kids will like be friends growing up? You know, they know I mean, who knows? I mean, they're friends. They, they all play Roblox and Minecraft yes. and, and mm-hmm. Fortnite now. Oh, and they so have funny. so much fun backstage now but we'll see what happens in the next 10 years yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, then the next in 10 years will be doing the 38th anniversary Stop. of the Backstreet Boys. Stop. <laughs> Give me Carly Hart. <laughs> um, Carly, I'm, what are some good memories you have? Okay. I was just thinking about Latin America run or, you know, the world shut down. And I had flown out. First of all, I forgot my wallet on this whole run. I oh my god! Yes, I, I got I got to the airport in in LA, and I was like forty five minutes away from my international flight. Forgot my wallet for a two week tour. Great, it worked out. But I remember <clears> being <throat> in Buenos Aires, just kind of like, well, the energy in in the Latin America markets was just <laughs> unlike anything, anything I've ever seen. And you know, you see online, come to Brazil, come to Brazil. You're like, okay, like bet like let's go so we go to brazil well first we go to buenos aires and you know we, we flew commercial everyone's like just staring at the boys we're kind of getting mobbed i was like this is weird it's but not like, just, i I've feel like in, in, in south america like it's not just like like if the backstreet boys were in the airport here like people like might kind of recognize them or like their right. fans would but there it's like it's kind of like a cultural phenomenon like it's a whole everyone would recognize yeah, it's them insane yeah right so so the airplane experience was like really weird to me I was like uh okay but then we get <laughs> off the airplane and that's just that's a whole other thing that's that's a top moment I we we get out by like I guess baggage claim we go straight to the cars but you don't go straight to the cars there are 500 to a thousand fans just shrieking and shrieking. you just have to like that's the word shrieking, shrieking. you're just like jetting out and like the boys thought it was really funny because I had never seen this and I was like oh you guys are like really famous here and there it was actually really great because they were kind of like okay so just like make sure you don't wear any scarves like mm -hmm. don't like just act really calm hold on to my backpack like mm -hmm. we'll get through this and normally I'm and like normally I'm you know like telling them what to do and like kind of acting like a mom of sorts yeah. like Jen but like in this moment, Brian was, it was Brian in particular. He's like, you got to just act calm. And he like really walked <laughs> me through it. And it was a really nice moment. It was like a bonding moment. I felt like That's sweet. a really special moment where I was like, okay, like this is a thing. Like, and then the rest of the Latin America tour was like that. But just like wow. that, in, that first one was the most insane. Nick's, Nick has a video of it on his Instagram and that it, it was crazy and just Latin like America is crazy. Pe people were banging on the vans like not moving when we were trying to leave and then following in cabs crying screaming when they like stopped near us it, that was crazy that was a crazy was it Kathy and, then, and like, Jade in one of the taxis yeah were we there no, <laughs> no it's, it's my dream <laughs> it's my dream to like I know it is it, like I want to go to South America so bad with the Backstreet Boys. I've never, yeah. I've traveled the entire world with those guys and I've never seen anything like Carly said, oh like, South, like South America. I mean, I think the moment, and, and Carly, like I- thousand people. Yeah. It was, the, it was the biggest show we ended up getting to play because mm -hmm. Sao Paulo got canceled and that was supposed to be yeah. 45,000. But 25,000 isn't so bad. That's <laughs> bad. I think one of the coolest moments I've ever seen on film is in that around the world DVD mm -hmm. where the yes. bus is getting mobbed and- it was somewhere in South America at Rio, I think it was. Rio. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it was and it in was Rio. just like, there are people like me in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are. And it's still like that. I mean, I one night in Peru, I, I couldn't sleep the entire night because there was like 300 outside. girls outside and they, sit, yes, they sing singing. the entire Sing back night. to your songs. Yes. Oh my you God. I want to hear that going to sleep. And it was all Ooh. night long. Just like, it, Wait, another are, one kind of so going fun. off that? It was, you know, we were in Sao Paulo getting ready to fly back to LA because of coronavirus. Like, shit was bad. We had canceled the Sao Paulo show. Like, yeah. I'm freaking out. My friends are texting me like, you're not going to be able to get back into the country. I'm like really upset in my hotel room after going to lunch with Nick and like being in like a food coma because we went to one of the barbecue places. And I'm trying to take a nap and I just hear fans say there, there's 400 fans singing outside of my of my hotel room and I'm like I'm panicking I'm so full I I'm so uncomfortable I'm sad I'm scared and I can't sleep because I'm hearing Backstreet Boys music and that that was a, a key moment that was that was another key moment but Buenos oh Aires goodness. was funnier 
<laughs> well, actually, it was like a lot of people, like we do a lot of like business podcasts and stuff. They're like, you know, when did you know the pandemic was bad? I was like, when the Backstreet Boys canceled this show. And I called Cassie and was like, what is happening? Uh, I remember That's um, a lot yeah, of convincing. I, yeah. No, I remember um, I, we, we had an artist in Italy, he, uh, Helen from RTE. Oh, yeah. Was, was there with her, and she was like, they had a flight the next morning and she's like, should I, they, and there was an Italy had run out of masks because they were like a couple weeks ahead of us. They were, Italy yeah. was having a moment at and, this And moment. she was like, she's like, I'm yeah. going to cancel the flight until we get masks. And I'm like, no, get the fuck out of Italy as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah. I was like, put on a scarf and run through the airport and get on that flight. Like get on the flight tomorrow morning. Like, yeah. because you're going to get stuck in Italy. Like get yeah. out of Italy. It was like, right when everybody left Brazil and Carly and the boys left Brazil, it was like three weeks later that Brazil popped off with all their yeah. with all their cases like not even three it was like a couple of like two weeks probably and it was it was crazy but they were probably spreading it at that backstreet boy show they were singing and they were two weeks later let's tell you they were outside it's all yeah, the coronavirus on everything it was all the people singing yeah, outside carly it was all the people <laughs> singing outside carly's hotel Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh um, so to wrap it up, can you guys both give a piece of advice to, you know, kids like us when we what we once were that are aspiring to to do this type of thing too? Yeah. I think you just you just do it. Like you just have to stick it in your head that you're gonna do it. I mean, there's nothing more inspiring than your all story to me, to be perfectly honest. I love mm-hmm. hearing your Cassie and Jade story. There's the way that you guys turned your love for, you know, a band and fandom to what you guys do now. I mean, it's amazing. But like I said, I, I knew nobody when I came to LA. I came with zero contacts, had no clue what the hell I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to do it. And I just kept trying. And and I tried different areas of music industry and internships and, and assistant roles and until I found what, what fit for me. And you just have to put your mind to it. It's going to happen. Well, like with both there. of you guys, you were doing some sort of internship and you kicked ass. And got an opportunity from that exactly. and followed it. And that's a huge part of it. Like when you do mm-hmm. get that one opportunity, do it the best you can. Like your foot yeah. just got in the door, you know? Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Totally. What about you, Carly? Um, just, I feel like the best advice I could give is just make yourself indispensable. No mm-hmm. task is too small. Like I didn't care how many times I had to go get coffee or plate someone's <laughs> lunch. Like that, those times are times where you can like, you know, bond with your potential future Jen or your potential future Amy or Ron, like just do those silly tasks, show that you can do those, that you're trusted to do those. And then you get the bigger tasks and then it'll take off and just have a good attitude. Be proactive. Be proactive. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah proactive, I think is, is one of the big ones. Don't wait do for someone to tell you to do something. Do if mm-hmm. yeah, like Car- like Carly always figured out things that needed to get done. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, we do need to organize that. She's still doing that to me. She's making me go to store I still do it. to organize, and I don't want to organize. Oh. <laughs> organize like what though? Backstreet Boy memorabilia, Kelly. Yeah, I'll come do that. That sounds awesome, actually. Come hang out with us. Come by. Yeah, I have so much like, stuff in my Here's the funny store. part because Jen wouldn't know what it was. I dude, I have no idea what's in there. It's stuff that I've had in storage in my offices forever. I I just got a storage unit and threw it all in there. No, the no funniest clue. part is when we were putting together the Grammy Museum thing, and Jen would text me a picture of a it would be a, sh- a shirt shirt that looks like this. A picture of a shirt just like balled up. And she'd be like, do you know what this is? And I'm like, oh yeah. Um, they wore that at the 1998 Grammys. It was Heavens. And she's like, what the it, fuck? Why do you know this stuff? You guys oh were doing God. that. There was one There was one brown suit that Kevin had that you guys couldn't figure it out. Yeah, there was one we could not figure out. It was very hard. No, but you got it eventually. It was oh, we like, did? Okay. Because it's like, yeah. well, wait, maybe it was at the American Music Awards or maybe it was at the MTV Awards, but... Let me ask you this. I'm going to say you probably don't, but there's a piece of clothing that I feel like Backstreet Boys fans talk about a lot. And I wonder uh-huh. if you still- I, it's I hope it's what I think it's going to be. It is AJ's chain mail crop top from the VMAs. No, I don't think we have that. I've we never have some chain that. mail something. We have well, a chain mail something. Well, then that's what it is. I don't, it might be a dancer's costume though, because I, I think there's several. Yeah, I don't think we okay. have. I feel like that's what that. we determined last time. Okay. Is that what you were going to ask, Cassie? Yeah, nope. because if I ever <laughs> if I ever post about that shirt on like his Instagram, it'll get like so many likes. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. And this is why you're going to hate this story, but this is why. 
AJ had just gotten that tattoo he has around his belly button, mm -hmm. which oh, yeah. basically means like, I don't know if it really means whatever, but like 69 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everybody, oh, that's dirty. And that's AJ. And so it was like a thing where like, everybody was like, oh my God, he's wearing a crop top to show up the his like sexy tattoo for everyone. <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> he probably was. So everyone is correct in yeah. that. Uh, assumption that was internet message board culture around yeah, that my God. I love it. <laughs> I should ask him if he has it I, sh I, I doubt he has nothing like he's even he said to me have... like we've talked before he's like I threw everything away at one point and now I wish I hadn't no I know they they weren't very smart I'm mean, like Brian has a lot of stuff Kevin has a lot yeah. of stuff Kevin, Kevin has a lot of stuff but Nick and Nick and AJ they were the you know they were the kids they, they were babies and they didn't they didn't they're like what is realize. this it, I mean even now they leave their stuff everywhere <laughs> yeah well my mom officially it was during the museum thing she got every piece of Baxter Boys memorabilia that I own and put it together in one place so I have it all now in one place in my storage unit that's good see yeah. now if we ever yeah. need anything we'll just come to you oh I literally have everything that's crazy I think my favorite thing that I own you know when they were doing the Burger King promotion mm -hmm. during the, it was black and blue tour i when i knew it was ending i physically i don't know i was like what 18 years old went to every burger king and was like can i have that can i have this can i have that poster whatever oh yeah and finally yeah. someone gave me like that kind of like see-through like thing they put on the menu on the drive-through and it's a picture of all of them which is also this the picture for the all i have to give single and it's them beside a 2.99 burger fries and a drink and we oh have it framed God. in our office. <laughs> that is amazing. I don't think I've ever seen that. Send me really? a photo of that. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I'll have to. You no, know, I, we I think you said, yeah. I think you and Cassie, you sent me a picture of like your room and all your memorabilia <laughs> when we were getting ready for the Grammy Museum. I have, I, was, I, my dad, like he wouldn't let me do it because he didn't want me to get in trouble. So he cut it down. But at night, at like three o'clock in the morning, went to Burger King and cut the banner off the side of the yes, restaurant. That's, Your that's dad deserves it. an award. Now that is a yes. good dad. My dad would have never done that for me. Yeah, never. he like brought the step ladder and did it. <laughs> like, I love it. My dad would love like drive it. me. My dad would drive me like five or six, seven hours to a Baxter Boy show because it was like, I could get the best seats. And there was always in an arena, a parent room. He would go and sit in the parent room while I watched the concert. Are you kidding? There oh, were parent yeah. rooms? I don't remember yeah. that. We had parent tents on Warp Tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's and where I would just go sit with other parents. Yeah, so you would have to buy a ticket, especially because they were hard to get. Sometimes yeah, they were hard to get, they were expensive. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, I will, like, I'll take you to Charlotte. Like, let's drive seven hours to Charlotte. And he would sit in the parent room, so. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. Dedication. I will not be doing that for my children. <laughs> Well, I did get my dad a Baxter Boys meet and greet a few years ago. Good. So yes, you did. That it. was really nice. So I'll come around. He was very excited. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. I think everybody is going to super love your stories and all your anecdotes um, and, and all your all your hard work that, that you've, you've done in your career to get to where you are and to where you will be. Like, oh, thank you. Oh, there's so much all still ahead. We're all going to be doing this until the boys are 75. <laughs> also, when the teen dances will actually be appropriate. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> One day we were talking, Cass is like, when they get old, they can dance with canes. I'm like, they already dance they, with canes. They're very prepared and in chairs, they know how to do it all. Yeah. Get on the all the things. Yeah. So where can people follow you guys online? Um, on Instagram at Bean Martuza, B-E-I-N-G-M-A-R-T-O-U-S-A. And Carly? I'm on Instagram at Carly Crusher. Uh, just switch the letters. Yeah, just switch the first Switch the first and up yeah. letters. Barley Amazing. Crusher. Of course, you can follow me and Cassie at Folia Jade and Cassie Petrie. And how I got backstage and how I got backstage on Instagram and I got backstage on Twitter. This episode has been edited by Hannah Humphreys and is a production of CrowdSurf with original music by Cody Falkowski.